C-J-A-M, C-Jam, 99.1 FM, reaching higher ground in Waiwiyong, Windsor, Detroit. Hey, C-Jam listeners. Looking for more ways to connect with C-Jam programming? Try streaming C-Jam through iHeartRadio. Listen online, download the iHeartRadio app, or use your smart speaker. Okay, Google, play C-Jam on iHeartRadio. No matter where you are, experience C-Jam FM on higher ground. Heaven is Well, this track is off of the latest album by Cross-Legged called Another Blue, and you're in luck. 
On today's show of Apps and Sounds, we talk to Kiba Robinson, aka the mind behind Cross-Legged, diving into this album, doing a playthrough, you know the drill. Stay tuned. I will take you there. My name is Weedy, and you are currently tuned in to another episode of Apps and Sounds here on CJAM 99.1 FM, reaching higher ground in Windsor and Detroit each week on Apps and Sounds. I'm joined by my twin sister, we as you, and we picked films to dive into, giving you interesting stories and tidbits along the way. But I think the best way to get to know an album is by speaking to the artists themselves. And today we are so lucky to be joined by Kiba. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Uh, welcome to Ups and Sounds. We're super happy to have you. And we're honestly just really excited to even dive into your latest record because it's something that we've just been really enjoying. <laughs> Usually be- the first question that we like to start off with to give people who have never heard of your work or heard of you before, kind of give them a little fleshed out starting point of who you are. So could you just tell us about the story or the path to becoming cross-legged? Ooh, that's a good question. Wow. Um. It's a long story filled with a lot of like stops and starts, but I guess as a kid, I always loved to sing. That was like, I always say that was like my first instrument was just singing around the house. Um, And yeah, I guess when I was like a little bit before I was a teenager, I started like dabbling in instruments. My dad was always my dad always had a bass guitar in the house and like he would like sometimes randomly jam with my uncle so i feel like that was in my brain from a young age and like yeah like when Mm -hmm. i was like 12 i think i like started with playing bass a little bit and then stopped playing bass i i like couldn't basically stick with anything and uh, i started playing piano stopped playing piano um you know these were like month chunks of things and then i think when i got a little older like maybe 15 is when i kind of just started exploring music more and like becoming kind of obsessed with mm-hmm. like just finding new sounds and like i remember i was really into like nerd at one point and like um yeah something about that moment in time just like made me want to Oh, also my brother was a big influence. He was always like, my brother was like a skater kid and like listened to all types of music from (laughs) like younger than everybody else. I don't know how he got into that when I really think about Mm -hmm. it, but he was, he would put me onto some things and I feel like it was between finding new music and like also learning how to play guitar for the first or for the second time because I dropped guitar the first time I tried starting it but like the second time i picked up guitar i feel like my musical interests kind of met the instrument in a way it never had before and i was like i don't know something about it like i i kind of just got Mm. really obsessed with like learning folk music at one point and then yeah so like throughout high school i was just like always trying to find new stuff to listen to and like put some stuff on MySpace when I was like 18. <laughs> that was probably the beginning of Cross-Legged, yeah. honestly. Um, MySpace. And, and 
now we're here and you know the internet's different now but that's like that's like the beginning but like i didn't really start playing shows or anything until like 2015 like i didn't yeah so okay (laughs) yeah yeah i think it's so interesting how you mentioned a lot of the breaks and starting also how you even talked about myspace because i was scrolling through your tumblr and i found some really cool uh tidbits and stuff and one of the things that you had said five years ago was that breaks are important but don't break for so long that you forget how to move your finger and seeing how many breaks you've taken over the years especially even just even between the last Mm -hmm. two uh, lps how do you make sure you keep your fingers moving is that just a natural thing that's a good question honestly most of the time i think the thing that keeps me excited about playing music is like learning other people's music and i mean that's Mm -hmm. what got me into songwriting in the first place it was just learning other people's songs and then you kind of like trail into your own thing but um i think that and also you know i just came across this joni mitchell like snippet on instagram actually where she was saying how she crop shares her creativity i come from farm community in saskatchewan and they practiced um crop rotation and so it's a natural thing for me to rotate my creative crops when I'm dried up as a poet, which can be horrendous to a writer. They go through tremendous angst. Uh, I just take to painting. When the painting inspiration runs out, I come back to the poetry or the music, and it usually comes back with a, a new freshness to it. So, or I thought it was a cool way of explaining it, where like she makes <laughs> yeah, music, yeah. but like she also paints. And so, at least in the past for me, I think I always say I like having like at least two pots stirring because I feel like I. I just like variety. So like it helps me to do other creative things. These days I'm I'm like a crafter. Like I like to okay. make random fabric. What's the last little random oh, thing? Oh, it's that so you weird. It's not done. done. I'm actually looking at it right now. It's like this weird, like I'm trying to make like this it's bag. Not it's not really working right now, but like it's like Belting, I don't know. It's weird, but um, it kind of looks it, like a cat. It, it's definitely <laughs> soft, like a cat. Like it's very, yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's how I try to stay interested in making songs. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and also just yeah, checking out what other people are making. I think it's always like mm-hmm. the number one thing too. So. Even just the idea of what you mentioned with Joni Mitchell um, does remind me of Half Wife. How she, I remember I was in her, I'm subscribed to her email list. And then one of the things she was talking about is like always being burnt out or feeling like, you know, completely stretched mm. in one area. But, you know, having multiple different things kind of going on. So when I just put this down mm-hmm. and say, I need to stop with this, I can still continue to do something creative, but not necessarily something that's Giving, making me tired or making me feel burnt. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't know she had a newsletter. That's really cool. Yeah, it's really good. It's also, it's on, um, what's that website where people... Substack? Know? Substack? Yes. There you go. Substack, yeah. I feel like yeah, it's, it's the future. I don't know. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Leave that. Would you ever make one? Yeah. Honestly, I, I feel like I've been thinking about this for a while and it comes up in conversation with other friends sometimes. I like, maybe it's... Mm-hmm getting off of the social media and like mm-hmm. making your own little world on a newsletter. Cause yeah, you know, 
I don't know. I think that's cool because you don't have to like create things that work for the internet. <laughs> like, Exactly. I don't know. And I think most people feel the same way about Instagram these days or just yeah. internet at large. But no, I completely agree <laughs> for sure. Definitely jumping a little bit back to what you mentioned about um, the music that you were introduced to when you were younger. And I always love seeing the thread of what people listened to and enjoyed back then to now. Yeah. And so I'm curious, is there something or like a band or just any musical artist that you don't think you will ever or have ever outgrown? Ooh. Yeah, there's a lot actually. No, I think- List them all. I, I feel like the miseducation of Lauryn Hill Like that's yeah. that's always going to be a great album. Like I remember listening to that. It might have been like eleven or twelve, but like that whole album is still amazing. Um, and I'm trying to oh the Pixies. Doolittle is, I think Hay is on Doolittle, but yeah, the Pixies, honestly, like when I first started playing bass, they were like number one band in my universe. And I think I was somewhere the other day and I heard, I, I just like heard it on the radio somewhere and I was like, whoa, I forgot like how much I love the Pixies. So I would, I would say those, those two albums, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm going to kind of go back to talking about your, not childhood, but, you know, your musical journey. And I know this kind of comes up a lot about, you know, living in between California and Pennsylvania. And I just thought it was so interesting how you also mentioned that one of the first songs was wanting to, you wrote was about wanting to move back to California. Mm -hmm. um, do you, and seeing how you live in New York right now, do you still feel that tension between wanting to live in California and there was there was a poem that I love that's like, um, I want I know to. What you're say. I know. I'll find um, it. But yeah. Okay. Start. I'll start with that first. Yeah. Do you still feel that tension? Ooh, I definitely, I definitely feel like a pull toward, uh, like natural environments more than ever. Like right now, I think as a kid, I always like saw myself like being in a city or something and mm. it's funny when I was a kid in California I remember kind of romanticizing like New York in my head like okay. of course I'm gonna go to New York City and then when I moved <laughs> when we moved to Pennsylvania I was like I'm definitely gonna go back to California mm. but then I ended up in New York anyways maybe I like subconsciously willed just, that yeah happen. <laughs> but, but you know I I haven't been back to California in a while but I definitely think I would still love it out there. Just mm -hmm. the sun and like, just the way that like the landscape integrates with the city, at least what I remember of it. I think okay. people always tell me too that they think I would like California yeah. or that they can see okay. me there. So mm -hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> of course, this interview would not be complete without us diving into another blue and actually listening to it. 
And if you're just joining us now, Another Blue is an album that was released at the tippy top of this year by none other than Kiba Robinson, who is cross-legged. So the tracks coming up will be Automatic, I Could Never, and Only In The, here on CJM 99.1 FM.
are currently tuned into CJAM 99.1 FM, reaching higher ground in Windsor and Detroit. My name is Wea Jiro, and along with my twin sister, we host this album playthrough-esque show. But most often, we love diving into the albums with the artists themselves. Today's episode features none other than the beloved Kiba Robinson, also known as Cross-Legged. She's an artist that released one of my favorite albums from the year 2023, called Another Blue, and we just played three tracks off of that in sequential order. We already started with Heaven Is Real, so the following tracks were Automatic, I Could Never, and then Only In The. If you want to hear more about this album and dive into why we love it so much, stay tuned for the rest of the interview with Cross-Legged. Yes, hello. I was wondering if you could play that song again. Hmm, which one, man? The one that goes... Beep-boop-boop-bop-boop-boop-beep. No, man, you're thinking of beep-boop-boop-bop-boop-boop-bop. C-Jam 99.1 FM. Deciphering your requests from Windsor and Detroit's underground since 1983. Did you know CGEM collaborates with clubs and organizations both on the University of Windsor campus and in the general Windsor Access community? There are a bunch of different ways your group can collaborate with CGEM to help bring it more attention, but also make your current group project a little easier. We can schedule an interview to help the community learn more about your club or organization. Don't worry, the interview can be pre-recorded, so have no fear of misspeaking. If you're looking for a smaller way to advertise something special with your group, look no further. We can create PSAs for events, fundraisers, volunteer calls, new clubs, and more. We have you covered. Then there's events. If your group is struggling to get everything accounted for with your event, why not collaborate with CGM? We can help gather volunteers, secure a venue, equipment, catering, and more. Save yourself the stress of setting up your event while creating a new connection. Interested or just have questions? Email us at info.cgmfm at gmail.com. We hope to hear from you soon. Yeah, even a lot of the nature stuff I do, um, I almost feel like that's intrinsic to you, like not only the water imagery that I always feel like kind of flows through your work, but mm-hmm. um, just <laughs> the idea that um, it's kind of imprinted in your work. Um, could you talk a little bit about how um, it plays a part or even just maybe a part of your creative process? Or hmm, That's a good question. I think I have like always had an obsession with bodies of water. Um mm-hmm which maybe comes from growing up in California. And like, I can remember just getting excited about like going to the beach and stuff like that. Um, But that's a good question. I think a lot of the time I've, I've found interest in the past in like just the concept of like duality and Mm -hmm. things that can be like gentle and really strong at the same time. And I think, I think maybe that like, maybe like philosophical concept is something that has helped me like even understand myself on some level, because like, I don't know, it's like, I'm a person who can, I think, perhaps from what I've been told, (laughs) like come across as maybe like, on the gentler side of things or or quieter side of things. And, but also internally, I've always felt like I have a lot of like 
mental power, like mm-hmm. just I don't know. I so I don't know somehow like reconciling those things with like metaphors of yeah. nature, and I mean nature is this thing that is full of dualism as like beautiful as it is it's also like there's so much destruction that happens in nature too and like um and yet it all amounts to something that's pretty beautiful so i don't know i think those i think those are things that i've thought a lot about like in my life so maybe maybe that's why the water comes up also i just like views of things and like the feeling that it gives you so yeah it's probably all that together also it's so interesting because uh i don't know where i saw this but someone was saying this is like the year of the uh black female artists with the water covers Mm -hmm. like no monet and someone else yeah Um, it was like so many different i've kind of picked up on that too it's weird i don't know what's going on (laughs) (laughs) we're all tapped in yeah And because you were talking about duality, um, that also kind of brings up the connotation of contradictions as well. Um, and going even back to your uh, previous album, Spec, mm-hmm. um, and it kind of seems to reflect the, or I guess the blends of dark imagery, but also kind of this liberation. Or It just feels really free at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something you, is that intentional when you, mm-hmm. like you exploring your music a lot? if it's intentional it's i think uh i wouldn't say it's intentional i think it's something that emerges Mm. just based on like how i tend to make music where it's kind of like i think in, in the beginning of like writing a song it's very um i guess like impulsive or intuitive and mm-hmm. so a lot of the time like I go with the things that emerge and then I kind of sculpt them over time. And honestly, making music helps me understand what it is I'm intending, like in this life or I don't know. Uh, But I do think it's a good question. I don't really, because I think that sentiment of like something that is both beautiful, but there's also this like shadier element to it is it's like an image that I think I hold a lot in my mind or, or even things I'm attracted to in life, mm-hmm. I think have maybe that kind of quality to them. And so maybe, yeah. So I think there is something, there is something to that, that I tend to go back to yeah. and it's very like rooted in me. So, so maybe, yeah. maybe that's why it always comes out, I think. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And I, I definitely like that idea of sculpting it or how it's um, helping you almost in a way explore the way you see the world. I almost, yeah. I guess it just reminded me a bit about the way I've at least seen your live performances described or even just like little snippets of it too. And just, I feel like there's so much overlap between the way that your, I guess the music sounds, the way it looks, the way it feels, and then the way it's presented or just comes out. Mm-hmm. I know that you have a few shows coming up too, or a show coming up later, and then um, you have been playing a few shows. Even how do you approach what you're going to be presenting or, you know, how you're going to mm-hmm. share your, yeah, your music? I guess, well, when it comes to live shows, I always, hmm, I do have like little things that like I'll say to myself before a live show where 
I guess a lot of the time I'm hoping to be like as present as possible, like when I play a show. And I always what's one of the things sorry to be too interrupt, but I just I'm just curious what's one of the things that you that you tell yourself? It's kind of like it's basically some sort of intention to share something that like is transportive or something people can like to a little bit. Um, and so a lot of the time my goal is to be like as present as possible. And I think, I mean, I always feel like playing a show is like, it's always going to feel different than like just practicing in your bedroom. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I guess that that's how I approach playing shows, but I guess when it comes to visuals across the board, um, a lot of it is like super intuitive. Like I kind of, okay. honestly, it's like, if it, it's like, if it doesn't fit, I just know it doesn't fit. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, yeah. and, and yeah, that's kind of how I curate the things around cross-legged. Yeah. Yeah. Does the word artist resonate with more with you? rather than musician? Ooh. Honestly, I definitely use musician. Or, yeah. Um, yeah, I like the word musician. <laughs> Coming up for you now, we have the next three tracks off of Another Blue, which is the most recent album by Cross-Legged. So we have Don't Go Back, Down, 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 and Fire. Then more of the interview here on Absent Sounds, tuned in to CJM 99.1 FM.
You've been listening to Absent Sounds here on CJAM 99.1 FM. Those last tracks were Don't Go Back, Down, 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 and Fire. If you're wondering what album we're playing, these all come off of Another Blue by none other than Cross-Legged, who is the artist we have on today's show doing an interview with us. When I think of intuitive, I always think of not necessarily like a comfort zone, but, but just something that's the way you naturally approach something or the way yeah it just Mm -hmm. comes out without forcing it what is your go-to sitting position when you are feeling super comfortable or relaxed I will I guess it could be like it doesn't even have to be sitting it could be what position are you most naturally comfortable when you sit or lie down or well when I sit I've always thought that I actually really like sitting on the ground like over chairs sometimes like I have this beanbag that I made another one of my crafts okay <laughs> like wow you made I, I, I know I did make a beanbag I don't know why I made a beanbag but um but yeah I, I like sitting in things that like kind of take form around you I guess but um completely unbelievable. and it's like one step above sitting on the ground um but yeah, so I think like, it's funny because I, I actually am not that comfortable sitting. I mean, yeah, a lot of the time it's just like sitting on the floor. Or... I tend to not be able to sleep on any side but my right side. I, I don't know. Hey, that's really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Does it have to do with anything with facing the door? Like, do you... No, it's okay. it's... Yeah, I don't know why. It's just a thing. Maybe I've psyched myself into this over time. No, I, I definitely understand. I think for a long time, I used to always sleep on my left side. But I think it was just because of the certain side of the blanket. And I always wanted it to be on a certain... But anyway. <laughs> yeah, like that's fun. I was going to say, I know that. I have like a list. I always have to... I love the floor. Yeah. The nice carpet. We got a nice carpet. And it's warm. I think it's just where the most heat comes from. So I just like to like... That's that's and, you. Like if it's cold, then... Yeah, wherever is warm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And when you cross your legs, or if you ever sit cross-legged, do you do left over right or right over left? I think right over left. Yeah. I'm doing it right now, actually. Okay. I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, I, I didn't ask how right you're now. sitting right now. That's what I was going <laughs> to ask. I guess even speaking about comfort, this is um, on in the song Heaven is real I'll, I'll bring this all back <laughs> so you you kind of have a part where you're saying too much too much, too much. and um it almost seems like a mantra of someone who is feeling or is overwhelmed and i know that i tend to be someone that gets overwhelmed easily if i'm not in a place of comfort which i guess is most like most people but i feel i feel like that is a general state of being for me like I'm, I'm usually overwhelmed um do you find yourself are you someone who's easily overwhelmed or I don't know where that like the too much touches yeah I mean that lyric was about being overwhelmed and kind of just like just the sense that like there's too much happening in the world mm-hmm. literally too much to see and like yeah um but it's funny because in, in my day-to-day life, I think, I honestly think I tend to, I think if I am overwhelmed, my default is to like do something <laughs> to like mm. just <laughs> start walking forward. I don't know. I Okay. 
Yeah. It's weird because I can like sometimes be strangely calm in Mm. some overwhelming situations. Or maybe it's not calmness. Maybe it's like, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. (laughs) I won't start trying to describe. No, no, I was going to say, you you had given me like this website where they were talking about like the ways people cope with their stress. I don't, not necessarily stressors, but when they're feeling overwhelmed or flustered or the way they cope. And one of them was, I guess, some people will actively do more work. But I thought that was interesting because, I mean, you know, when I'm stressed is when I start sending out emails to people. <laughs> I'm just like, I need to just do something. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I, I think I can. I can <laughs> I, sometimes I just wade through overwhelmed by like, like, getting stuff done i don't know it's <laughs> tapping out. <laughs> yeah does new york make you feel overwhelmed i think i've learned how to not be as overwhelmed in new york <laughs> but to me I, I think my if i'm ever overwhelmed by something i think it actually manifests as like like a different kind of anxiety like i might not look overwhelmed but i might Okay, I might yeah. be nervous, like, okay. time, you know, but, uh, yeah, but yeah, New York is weird because I'm sure it does overwhelm me. I, I always remember like the first week I lived in New York and like everything just seems so loud and like, okay. but like over time, it's like the sound goes away or something. And, and, <laughs> but I'm like, I know it's still, I know I'm still low grade, mm-hmm. probably agitated, like <laughs> on a low grade, like. More than I would be in a quieter place. Because, yeah, but... (laughs) Music is kind of, I guess, for you, looking at what feels real. And, I mean, things like stress. That's, I guess, not necessarily like a tangible thing or not always, you know. And so what feels real to you? And also, could you describe your personal philosophy if you had one right now to carry with you? Oh, what's my personal philosophy? Oh, man. That's a tough one. You mean like no, in like one sentence. I know, in one sentence. Yes. On everything. On everything. Yes, on everything. Maybe it's two. Maybe you can't put everything in. I mean, one thing I've been thinking about a lot lately is figuring out how to tap into like speaking your truth, even when it's like really hard. I think one of my personal philosophies is honestly trying to act on your gut, your deepest calling like when you ask yourself a question and like what's the first answer that comes to mind about like what you should be doing in life mm-hmm. a lot of the time like doing that answer is really scary <laughs> and mm-hmm. and is like one of the hard is can be like the hardest thing to do but so i guess my personal philosophy is about trying to ask yourself what those things are and then acting on it like yeah even when it's like yeah very difficult. <laughs> Would you say that you agree with this the idea? Because I've heard people say if it's not a heck yes, it's a heck no. Would is that how you would approach things? Where if you can't absolutely say yes to something, then it's a no. I think that I aim to approach things in that way, but I don't think I do perfectly. <laughs> okay, but it's definitely like I think an ideal that I we're toward <laughs> is is that kind of 
Um, I guess bringing it back to talk about another blue is is that what took long or the longest part about putting together and choosing what you wanted that to be part of it? I think the making of another blue probably challenged my. I think probably I think it I think my my artistic process was like challenged in making another blue just because I think for whatever reason during that time period of life it was like harder to just like sit down and just like make music for hours and hours yeah. <laughs> or yeah. something. So and I think in in the realm of music making I think I think being able to kind of get lost in something is like works to its benefit. And yeah, I think what took long was actually just like balancing. I mean, maybe it's like a really unsexy answer, but literally like balancing like work and like making music. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I do think probably in that era of making the record, <clears throat> I think I had the most challenge <clears throat> had the most challenges I've ever had with like maybe being fearful of like just picking up the in- my instrument and starting or like, yeah. like, cause there were some elements of it that felt like really hard to like put together and yeah. with some of the drums and stuff. And I think there was a point where I was like avoiding <laughs> like finishing mm-hmm. certain elements of it. But yeah, I think, I think that's where having help from Carlos was like, okay. in terms of like just being able to get into the studio and like, I don't know. Just let it all do it. Do it. Yeah. Do it, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> as a as a co producer, did you feel like I don't know how do, how do like how do you work with collaboration in that with him? Yeah. Um, well, I think it helped that like I've known Carlos for a while, mm-hmm. and um, and also like when I went into the studio, I I kind of had like a lot of stuff like demoed out or like laid out. So mm-hmm. so the studio was really about like. In some cases, like if I had like a MIDI sound in the demo, like the studio that we were in just has so many different instruments. So, so yeah, a lot of it was playing the live instruments instead of like MIDI instruments. But in terms yeah. of collaboration, I think a lot of it was just very like conversational <laughs> and like, yeah, Carlos is super cool to work with. So, yeah, I, there was never a time where I felt like, I don't know, like nervous or something mm-hmm. about, yeah, like yeah. together on the mixes and stuff. So, yeah, I can't wait for you to hear the depth of beauty within the last couple tracks off of Cross Legged's 2023 record, Another Blue. We are talking to her now, but we are going to take a little break to dive back into the album with the tracks "Shiver" and "All the Worlds." You're tuned in to CJ99.1FM. Don't go anywhere. Ever and 
payments. Oh! Wait, what? I'm just goofing. New boot goofing. Oh! You are tuned into CJAM 99.1 FM, reaching higher ground in Windsor and Detroit. That second gear was such a turn on. The Safe Lancer app is an essential tool to your safety at the University of Windsor. The app will alert you to any emergency situations on campus and provide instant access to campus security resources. You can access a virtual walk home, allowing campus police or even a friend to follow you online to your destination. Chat with a campus police dispatch directly via the app, make reports of suspicious activity, and access on and off campus support services. You can also check the crime map to see campus and Windsor police reported crimes in the area. Be a Safe Lancer on the UN campus and download the Safe Lancer app, available for Apple and Android devices. To cross your bridge, to understand your hidden patterns, another And of 
you've just joined us here on Apps and Sounds, welcome. On today's episode, we are joined by none other than the ever-gracious Kiba Robinson, who is also the mind behind Cross-Legged. Back at the top of the year in January, Cross-Legged released another blue, and it's been on repeat ever since. I hope you have enjoyed the last two tracks you just heard as they came off of the record, They Were Shiver, and All the Worlds. As we are nearing the end of the record with only one track left, if you missed the first half, I implore you, please do yourself the favor and listen to it. You can stream it, you can buy it, it's wherever you would go for music. If you also want to hear the rest of the interview, you are more than welcome to go on our archives through our Instagram page at Absent Sounds and listen there. I won't get ahead of myself though, because we're not quite done. So here's the last bit of the interview. I was going to ask about um, even like the spirit of collaboration with along, amongst musicians and artists. Um, this kind of ties into the Walla Fest and because CJM um, put on their very first festival this summer. Um, I just wanted to pick your brain while we have you to ask if there's anything that you, I don't know, want to share of like something, a piece of knowledge that you have for making such a fun and like really successful. It's really cool to see what you've done with it so, or what you did with it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Ooh, any I'm trying to think Wallafest. I think what was always really fun about Wallafest is that we we like tried to make it like a musical slash artistic playground of sorts. <laughs> like mm-hmm. well, we were I guess we were really lucky to be able to do it in a building that was like multifaceted, but um but yeah, we always had a lot of fun just like setting up like the surfaces that people would get to interact with and like the micro experiences, like, Mm. you know, honestly, we really, at a certain point, we would try to tack so many things onto what Walla Fest was (laughs) like, oh, well, maybe we could squeeze a screening into here. Maybe we could get this person to make cake for people. Maybe we could like, you know, you know, screen a movie on this wall while the show is playing. Like we really just tried to mix it all up. And I think that's what made it so fun. So, I think, so like the music part is of course really exciting, but I think like if there, if there are ways to bring in other disciplines, I think, I think that was always a really fun element. Cause honestly the musical environment, like the standard musical environment, like so much more couldn't happen in it. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be just like beer and stage Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think honestly if anything in this day and age like I think just expanding on the format of how like where we listen to music live that would be my biggest thing that for sure sure. (laughs) and uh, the last thing uh, jumping off of the idea of collaboration and working with other people but also allowing other people to receive your work as listeners are you willing to be misunderstood or how do you feel about being misunderstood by someone you're working with or people that are listening to what you make? Hmm. I think, I think, yeah, I think I'm willing to be misunderstood. <laughs> I think, um, I think in many ways, at least with, with the way I tend to approach making music, I think it definitely leaves the door open for, expansive interpretation like mm-hmm. I have my intentions that I develop through the process of making the music but like 
I'm I'm positive like other people can discover things yeah. that I wasn't even thinking like connected and and I sort of think it's kind of that conversation that um makes it exciting so I mean, I guess with mi being misunderstood, there is like the potential of being hurt as well. <laughs> like you can be misunderstood in a way where like, you know, like really painful. not that I think that possibility exists within any of my songs, but like, it's, I mean, it is possible, you know, that, mm -hmm. that somebody yeah. takes something the wrong way or the right way. I don't know, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> The last track off of Another Blue is Rewind. I hope you rewind this record and rewind this Apps and Sounds episode if you missed it. Once again, I want to give a huge thank you to Cuba Robinson for joining us on today's episode. It really means a lot being able to talk to these artists that we get to appreciate from afar. So thank you, Cross-Legged, for your music. And thank you, listener, for being you. I hope you continue listening to Apps and Sounds. We'll catch you next week here on CJAM 99.1 FM in Windsor and Detroit. Have a good afternoon, evening, or good night, wherever you are. Hi, my name is Crosslegged, and you're listening to CJAM 99.1 FM in Windsor and Detroit.
This is it. I came a long way. The fire is out, but I can feel the flame. What dangles inside of me? The question remains. The question remains. The question remains. How can you never get mad? But you feel. Keep it all in 
Hello and welcome to Reaching Out in the Rose City, a Windsor-Essex Spotlight series featuring regional nonprofits, community programs, and initiatives. Today, we are connecting with Hiatus House. Hiatus House began in Windsor in 1976 with offers a safe environment for women and their families to heal and strengthen. And the shelter is able to accommodate 42 people and a number of community support programs. And what is it that Hiatus House does in terms of building into the community as an organization? So the community programming includes group counseling for women and for men, children's services that are available in the shelter and in the community and in schools for children who are witnessing domestic violence. And the services that we provide to men are for men who perpetuate intimate partner violence. We also support both women experiencing intimate partner violence and also women who have been involved in human trafficking. Our responsibility and our mandate is to service women and girls over the age of 18 who are experiencing violence. And how does the community of Windsor-Essex support Hiatus House or get involved in meaningful ways? Yeah, so we depend a great deal on community donations, and this helps us to be able to provide items and support to the people that we serve. Uh, Donations have allowed us to create safe spaces like fun playground in the yard for children who are in the shelter. It helps us to provide clothing and items, toiletries to women who come in in a crisis situation who may have nothing but the clothes that they're wearing. It helps us to implement programming that we might not otherwise be able to provide. And the public can donate anytime through our website. If somebody's interested in volunteering, we work with volunteers, particularly through our activities like Shine the Light that happens through the month of November. This is a huge public education campaign that helps us to raise awareness on the issues of gender-based violence. It sounds like there are many meaningful ways for folks in the community to get involved or to support, as you said, with volunteering initiatives that take place in November. For more information, find us at www.hiatushouse.com, all one word. And there is also a quick escape button, um, so there's some safety built in. We also have our emergency line, so if somebody wants to dial 519 Two five two seven seven eight one. They can speak to one of our crisis workers, and there is also the opportunity to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Hiatus House. For those listening, we are also going to highlight and explain some of the structures of abuse and telltale signs. So many people don't recognize the early signs of abuse or violence that's happening at home. And in an intimate partner relationship, often it happens gradually and it leaves a woman sort of questioning her perceptions of things. It can be subtle emotional abuse that involves manipulation and gaslighting to make her feel insecure and more dependent. Over time, the abuse and control tends to grow and it grows into often greater isolation and uh, it can involve physical abuse. And if your partner makes you feel like you can't make good decisions or or like you should never be questioning what he's saying or asking of you, then probably not a balanced power dynamic. And if your partner monitors your social media or controls your use of it, whether it's to limit your interactions or to force you to post things that you may not want to post, maybe he tells you that your friends don't really like you, that your family is tired of listening to you. These are all forms of violence. These are all, you know, unhealthy forms of power and control. 
And so healthy relationships don't work that way. They have balanced power dynamics where we depend on each other for certain things, but it's respectful. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Reaching Out in the Rose City. If you liked the tunes hanging out in the background, that was the song Ladies Instrumental by Lee Fields and the expressions from the album My World.